Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Peter Mingles calling in from The Dash. It's our radio show that we usually host with our good friend Dawn Wright Oliveras. And Dawn right now may be popping in on this show. Knowing her, she is frantically trying to find that phone that she'll be able to dial in. She has some family members visiting, and anybody who's ever had family members visiting knows that sometimes you don't own your own schedule. So Dawn's going to be joining us for a little bit. So I am ready to handle our hosting of this show. And this week, we're going to be talking a lot about the theme of your own economy. So it's a phrase that I picked up a long time ago, I being like one common brain of a lot of other entrepreneurial common brains that just kind of thought a long time ago that I had to have my own thing going on. Having like my own gig might give me more control over what's happening in my life, and that's one of the reasons why I always thought about the concept of yourowneconomy.com. So as I was growing up as a young man, I was probably like some of the older, ah, how do I say that, the older people on the phone, Bob, oh my gosh. So I was kind of like some of the other traditional, maybe we'll we'll culture a little bit more, we'll call it more traditional, more mature, more whatever. But I remember that like everybody's dads kind of like went to work and lots of people's moms stayed home with the kids or maybe they had part-time jobs and it was a traditional sense. And you brought your lunch bucket to work and maybe some people still do that sort of stuff. And you went and you you worked real hard and you were recognized and maybe you were promoted and you stayed with the company for 40 or 50 years. And, yeah, you got that Timex watch, but you also got that pension plan. And, yeah, you got that Timex watch, but maybe you had that security. And, yeah, you had that two or three or four weeks vacation pay, which was really kind of cool. And it was a more traditional world. But a lot of things started to change after I graduated from college, and a lot of things started to change after the economy started going where they are, and a lot of things started to change relative to recessions here or recessions there, and overseas and the global economy, and all that stuff is really cool and wonderful for certain people in certain operations, but we probably found that I can't have the same motivational speech with my son as he's graduating from college. I'm probably not going to say, Vincent, which is one of my son's names, you're going to be able to start with a company and you're going to end with that company 40 years later. I think statistically speaking, no one on the phone or all listening on the uh, Internet would take that bet. So the reality is it's, it's a little bit different today than it was before. So we're going to talk about some of the benefits of having your own economy and we have a little website that we put together on that, and we'll share with you with you some of the buzzwords as we start speaking about this as well. But one of the things relative to having your own economy is also going to be – oh, and I think Dawn came in. Oh, I've been here. here the whole time. You have been here the whole time. <laughs> but I got to sh- – all right. So for some reason, though, I got to tell you I was freaking out a little bit because I'm a little <laughs> control panel they give us here, like with this little blog talk radio thing. You yep. came in on the 718 area code. I missed and I'm like, on my number. I didn't I even recognize my own self, Peter. And That's I'm why like, I didn't unmute my microphone. Okay, there we go. So I'm like, who's this, who's this gal coming in? Because I know I've been telling everybody <laughs> to jump on this radio show. And there's a 718 number, and I'm like trying to think to myself as I'm listening, like, wait a minute, where's Dawn? And Bob's still here. What's going on here? So I apologize for being the Mr. Magoo <laughs> and blowing you off totally as I'm saying, I wonder if she's going to find her phone. Yeah, and I'm sitting here going, no, I'm here, Peter, and I'm sitting right here. But I didn't know to, to unmute myself because I saw the 718 and didn't recognize my own phone number either. Okay, good. So, you know, the beauty of so technology. Bob, so we're, <laughs> we're going to get to Bob in a second. But I think it's pretty safe to say that you could be successful running a home-based business and a little bit like Mr. Magoo at the same time. So yep. you'll just witness that relative to us and our ability to push buttons or not push buttons on this. But I think it's pretty fair to say, like my little intro a little bit earlier, that all of us that are having kids that are graduating from school are going to be able to say to those kids, it's not the same as when I was growing up. You're probably going to mm-hmm. have several different careers. You're probably going to work for different people if you're going to start the path of working for different people. You have a whole global thing that you'll be able to go after, and that could be either good or bad or a little bit disjointed or focused or whatever it might be. But there are just a couple of things that you are going to have to deal with, and that partly is the business behind the business. And if you're making money, 
Lots of people want to know where you're making your money and that it's not just always the money that you're making, it's the money that you're keeping as well. So, Don, I was going to bring Bob in. Bob Adams is a gentleman who's our resident tax expert, a real good guy. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. But since you are right now here, I don't want to hog the hosting of this call, and I'm going to turn it over to you to say whatever you want to say at the beginning of this week. Well, absolutely. And and and. Thanks, everybody, so much for coming. And, Bob, thank you so much for coming. We are really – actually, I know it sounds strange, but I'm excited about these tax shows. I think that, you know, there aren't enough people who do um, what you, kind sir, have committed your life to in my world. And so, you know, I know for myself I'm allergic to Excel. I, I get a rash. I, I, <laughs> I get all stressed out at tax time. I hand it to somebody else. I do not even hold myself responsible for such things. But – but I know that, like, last year I really started to get plugged into, okay, what are my tools, what's available to me for, for people like me who are terrified of spreadsheets. And, you know, we there are people like me who are terrified of spreadsheets. I know that there's others out there. I should probably form a support group. But it's um, it's something that I know there are really amazing things that we can do to save ourselves money. And so although I might be allergic to spreadsheets and I have to have duplicate checks or nothing ends up in the register, um, I am 150% committed to saving myself a lot of money. And so, you know, when there's stuff out there, I am really excited to hear about it, and hopefully some of that will be dawn-proof. And, um, you know, <laughs> I'm just really happy that you're here with us. So, so I'm all ears, and Peter, I'm not going to sign off, and I'm not going to be a whole bunch of kibitzing because, as you said, I have, I have ten people in my kitchen. I'm going to make pizza for my family tonight, and we're shipping my, my dad back off to Connecticut, and um, it's his last night here. So I'm going to be one, one ear here, and I'm going to be um, taking care of the archive version of this call and making sure it gets out to as many people as possible, Bob. So you say hello to everybody. Make sure you hit the mute button because your house is always very loud. I know. We have 10 people in it. <laughs> and if you put the phone down, we'll never have a call. So you hit That's that little right. mute button. We'll see you later. Tell Dad we said hi and bye. I'll and do it. Bob, let's get let's Take get it away, it. Bob. There we go, Bob. All right, let's, let's go, go play and have some fun. That's it. All right. So, so, Bob, we know that there's a couple of things inevitable, right? They say death and taxes. And although you can get on the positive negative side of any or all of that sort of stuff, let's start to talk about the entrepreneurial brain and what needs to be done so people can have um, what they need. Whoops, I'm going to shut my little off here. Of course, everybody's ringing at the same time relative to here. So, Bob, let's talk a little bit about that whole thing relative to businesses, running it like a business. How do we take people that were like Dawn, who was kind of allergic to different things relative to like all that complicated stuff that would get very, very convoluted for most people, how do we distill that and make it available so people can understand the benefits of getting involved in their own economy and maybe doing something relative to their home base, their own home-based business so they can maximize their earnings and then help a whole bunch of other people as well. So over to you, Bob. Well, how fun. And thank you, Peter, for having me here today. Um, I want to comment a couple of different things. Number one, those of us who are seasoned citizens, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, we do remember the day of grabbing the, the lunchbox and working at the same place for 40-some-odd years. And uh, obviously that has changed. Uh, in fact, statistically, right now, the average American is going to change their careers in their lifetime eight times. And so the old days of the security of saying, I'm going to work for this particular company and being there forever, it just doesn't exist. And one of the things that, that I always encourage people to take a look at is to always have a lifeboat, something that's available that you're creating, doing, that's going to serve you. Peter, my phone clicked. Are you there? I'm here. Yep, I'm here. Okay, all right, very good. Um, when we take a look at the economies that are all interrelated, just as Peter you know, defined for us a little while ago, we realize that there are so many tentacles from all kinds of sources that have an effect on our economy, and when we allow ourselves to become subject to that type of an economy thinking we find ourselves relegated off to a spot of being a victim. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that most people, including myself, defy, absolutely defy the idea of being a victim to anything. And in our victimness, sometimes we lose the inspiration to realize that we can be and do have the ability to do more. 
So when you talk about creating your own economy, it's a wonderful idea, and lots of people can't really grasp it, but if you take the whole world picture of all the economies that are out there and then take a look at where you are, is your income subjected to the privy of your work? Do you have, as they say often in, in this world, a, a J-O-B, a just overbroke, just a job that doesn't provide more importantly, beyond the money, the self-fulfillment and the satisfaction, which is what's really required to make life feel like it's blissful instead of being subject to other things, does it provide that? Does it provide you with a sense of confidence, a sense of, of safety, a sense of security, something that when you come home at night from your J-O-B, do you come home with, what a wonderful day, and wake up in the morning with, yay, I get to go do it again? Or, or, do you find yourself being caught up in the automated concepts that now seems to be the mandatory operational systems of, of the whole world? Do you find yourself caught in a spot where you have no sense of hope and no sense of freedom. Now, if you take a look at our country, this is this is the part that makes living in America so dang good. <clears throat> we broke free under the concept of being taxes, you know, having taxes without representation. That was the biggest start off of the whole complaint section. And we can go into great details about how all that occurred and the, and the different types of taxes that were imposed and all that kind of stuff. But really what it boiled down to is as America was emerging as a young country, they came with certain values they felt really need to be imposed. And one of the things is when they were initially putting together the whole congressional idea of freedom, they were looking at who has the right to vote. Who has the ability to say yes or no, we want this to happen within the regiment of our country? And what's interesting is that the initial Congress was thinking about setting it up so that the only people who could vote were those who either owned a business or were farmers. Because they felt like those were accountable citizens. These were people who were taking care of themselves, taking care of their families, structuring their own economies. They were taking care of themselves. Therefore, because they were accountable, they should have the blessing of being able to vote and say, okay, this is how I feel about things. Now, if you take a look at where we've come since then up to now, you'll find there's been a lot of changes. Our educational system, which we inherited from England, essentially was built around two concepts, you know, two types of people they were after, factory workers and soldiers. And essentially, we still have that same basis functioning in the educational system today. We give our young people a basic core education, and we prepare them, some of them go into higher educations, with the idea of being able to find that life-fulfilling J-O-B, or we prepare them to go off into whatever trade work or in the military or whatever. But what we usually don't pe teach people anymore is entrepreneurship. Now, there are some classes that are available in, the cl in colleges and other places that kind of step into the trend of that. But quite frankly, entrepreneurship is something that should be taught at home. It should be something that's exercised by each and every one of us in order to become accountable now, I say the word accountable, a lot of people go, oh, what's accountable? Well, let's take a look at the difference between being a victim and being accountable. If I'm a victim, then all I can find is victimness in my world. I can say I didn't get this raise because this guy was a better friend with that guy or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I go around with life with this big frown on my face and this, this mantle of depression hanging on my shoulders and I'm not going anywhere. Now, if I take the accountable side of things and realize that everything that's in my life is my own creation, that changes things. There's a huge amount of freedom in realizing that I am accountable for what goes on in my life. I'm accountable for my happiness. I'm accountable for my, my cleverness. I'm accountable for everything that I create in my world. 
Now, Peter's talking about creating your own economy. Well, why not? Why not? Now, oftentimes we look at the world economy and say, oh, it's the world affair that's doing this. Well, that's not true. It's the world concept. And a lot of people generally tie into it because they prefer to be followers instead of leaders. But the truth of the matter is, we create our own reality. So if this is true, why not take one of the first steps in moving forward out of your victim space of life and look at the possibilities of what would it be like? And that's the first step. You have to be willing to dream. What would it be like if I was not subject to a J-O-B? What would it be like if I was the determiner of how much money I made? What would it be like if I decided how much I was going to work? And what would it be like if I created the work circumstance that didn't make me leave the house, that gave me the freedom to have the financial sources to be able to meet my requirements of living and to exceed that and to open the doorway to add security to everybody in my family? And what would it be like if I had enough freedom to say, okay, now I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go on this vacation, and I'm going to do this with my family. And what would it be like to create something where your children could be involved in this new self-imagery that you're creating, and you pass on to them the same entrepreneurship, the opportunity to see themselves as being powerful instead of powerless. So, having shared all that, I want you to take a look at the possibilities that your life could be more, could be different. And when you open that little tiny door that says, maybe, just maybe, I can do that. Maybe I can do that then what happens is everything starts falling into alignment to make that reality a possibility for you. Now, being accountable, being accountable. This is where my, my part of the game comes into play. You may already know Peter quite well, all right, and you realize what's his motivation. Why is he spending all this time? If you had any idea of the ungodly number of hours that he puts into his business, why does he do it? What's his motivation? I can say this. He wouldn't say it himself on there, but I can say it. I know that deep down inside his heart, he loves to help people. And he's motivated to show people that there are other ways of living. That there are ways to be able to have a fruitful, enjoyable, delightful life. And there are ways to do this on your own terms. Now, my motivation in doing this is I've been doing taxes for probably close to 30 years now. And I stumbled into it accidentally, or I say accidentally, when in actuality I knew it was where I was headed to. But I got into it because prior to that I was a paramedic and I was a cop and I like to help people. Okay, But when I got into taxes, I realized everybody seems to have this same underlying fear. For some reason, they take IRS and GOD and put them in the same category and they run in fear. Same thing with spreadsheets, Don. <laughs> you have to realize that, that, that it's not the same thing, but it is if you make it out to be. It is if you make it out to be. If you truly realize and took the time to study the history of the United States, you would find that Congress recognizes that 75% of the people in this country are employed by small businesses. By small businesses, we're defined as having 50 employees or less. That most multi-level marketing businesses and arena constitute a huge major chunk of the amount of money that fits into our economy. And that the small home-based businessman, usually when they step up and say, okay, I'm going to go for it all the way, usually can create $50,000 in their first year. Now, what happens along the way is oftentimes they still get tied up in their victimness. They still get tied up, oh, but I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Well, of course you're afraid. 
All of us are afraid of starting something new, but you've got to look at the rewards and the possibilities. And you live your life that way. So what I'm going to share with you right now is the possibilities that maybe Congress has written into play a way for all of us who wish to be accountable citizens in this country of ours to be able to sponsor and to keep affluent and keep alive the whole idea that started our country. Freedom. The freedom to create what it is that you want and taking care of you and your family. Because what I know after all the years of doing taxes is I'm constantly amazed when people say, yeah, but, without realizing just how much room has been litigated and given through Congress and the IRS for us as small businesses to do well and to survive. Now, obviously, we had this physical cliff, this fiscal cliff that was going on lately, and they've made some changes, and they put them into play and all that kind of stuff. But you're going to find that the majority of the major breaks that were there are still there. They haven't spanked the, you know, small business owners, although they, they take it down to $400,000 before they change the, uh, the uh, taxable rate on people. But they still haven't really hurt us. And And when I say that, there's such a large amount of deductions that have originally put in play that are still in play that make having a home-based business truly the only answer. Now, during the next several weeks, we're going to be having this radio program continue, and Peter and I are going to discuss all kinds of interesting things. But I'm going to simply step up, and tonight I just want to talk to you about something that's called beliefs. And then we're going to get into some technical stuff for just a moment. But what people have a tendency not to recognize and don't know, I was told as a child, my gosh, you've got to be afraid of this and that and this and that. I was taught it in school. I was taught in my community, in my religion, in my family. Okay, And words came from the gods of my livelihood, which were my parents. And I grabbed onto those beliefs and I held onto them, not realizing that if I wrote the word beliefs out, B-E-L-I-E-F-S, and took the first two letters and the last two letters out, the right smack dab in every one of those beliefs is a great big lie. People who have been told, be afraid of the IRS, have embraced a series of beliefs that stops them from being willing to stand up and live a full life. So what are your beliefs about the IRS? Take a moment. Take a look. What have you been taught? What have well, you been told? We, the only thing we've been really exposed to is all the TV commercials mm-hmm. that are for people that are trying to reduce IRS debt. Mm-hmm. And maybe because that's a lot of our exposure, a lot of our, a lot of people are looking at the concept that, oh, my gosh, maybe bad things happen. So we're being mm-hmm. conditioned consciously and subconsciously about that for sure. Or... Maybe, Bob, because it was a different world when we were growing up, maybe, just maybe, running a home-based business wasn't as easy or as uh, profitable or as um, common as maybe it is today. So I think the world's kind of changed. We've been kind of negatively advertised to because I don't think I've ever seen – I, very rarely have I seen a commercial from the IRS that was a good commercial. It was always something about somebody being in trouble. And don't go to jail and don't ignore it and all those other types of things. And versus maybe people that are not really educated about things telling us, no, you can't do that. Or worse yet, Bob, I know some people who tried to run a home-based business, brought it to an accountant from a major accounting firm who really just charged them 300 to $600 more to fill out a form and also tell them, no, you can't deduct this, no, you can't deduct this, no, you can't deduct that. So I'd say we've been kind of branded pretty badly relative to taxes, the IRS, a home-based business, and all that negative stuff of not wanting to get in trouble. So I think that kind of sets a pretty good background of stuff. Well, yeah, of why that's, that's true. We also have a propensity to always grab onto the negative. Negative news runs ten times faster than good news does any time on a good day. Especially when it's fearful. Okay. 
especially when it's fearful. And this is where being the sleeper, the sheep, the follower, and not being willing to see that, oh, there is another choice, it's just not being widely told, and being stuck with no, 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 most of our lives, that's true. We don't have a lot of courageous people that are willing to stand up and say, no, I want more from life. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more from life. Nothing wrong at all. So when we start talking about the IRS and we start dealing with the IRS, one of the things that you get to realize is the IRS is nothing more nothing more than a government extension arm that has the responsibility of enacting the rules from Congress. And that's all they are. Now, they, sometimes they can get carried away, and we've seen lawsuits, particularly back in the 90s, where people were dragged out of their car and their car was taken away or whatever, and they got themselves spanked pretty heavily back in 93, and they cut their budget tremendously and did all kinds of things to them. And uh, now that the economy is starting to do a different direction, they always have lots of propensities for people to say, oh, the IRS will come get you. And it's true, the IRS has added new auditors and all that kind of stuff, but what they haven't told you is they haven't changed as far as what the allowable deductions are. That hasn't gone into play. What's gone into play is that people have not been willing to be accountable in their business. Now, one of the things I tell people when they step up is, you now have a partner. Congratulations. It's the IRS. And you get to report to your partner every year how you've done. Now, in your relationship with the IRS, just like any other partnership, there's a certain set of rules that you function within. And the IRS gives you lots of room to say, okay, now you can deduct this, deduct this, deduct this, deduct this, deduct this, and you have to count this and this and this as income, okay? But the rules are pretty well set. Now, sometimes they modify every year, but the modifications usually aren't that huge. And the other thing I'm finding, too, if you take a look, for example, you may or may not already know this, but your health deductions, most people who put them on Schedule A, which has been subject to a 7.5%, what we call a haircut, which means if you don't have more than exceeds 7.5% of your adjusted gross income, it really has no value to you. Well, they modify that to 10%. Okay, and a lot of people say, well, it doesn't make any difference. I can't write it off and have any value to it anyway, especially if you're not buying your home. But if you own a business, do you realize there are health plans available where you can subtract not only your medical expenses and your, and your premiums, but also over-the-counter products that you can't put on Schedule A? There's a lot of things that are associated directly to having a business with benefits that are written in. Now, so we're going to cover... Are there advantages that start off with when you're a regular person, a W-2 earner, versus mm-hmm. maybe somebody that owns a business? I mean, is it, is it that clear of a line of demarcation besides, you know, like, business owners go over here, regular people go over here, and do the business owners get legitimate privileges for running the business and building the economy? Is it oh, that, my goodness. Is it that it simple? Is. It is that simple. It is that simple. But just like anything else, you have to have an education. Okay? Now, if you go take on a technical job working for some computer place, they're going to expect you to know certain things in order to do that job. When you step into having your own business, there are certain things you need to be aware of. Besides the technicalities of the business you're doing, whether you're selling product or offering services or whatever you're doing, okay, of course you have to be – conscious about what you're accomplishing in that particular business portion of the arena, but you also need to be conscious aware, what is deductible? How do I play this game with the IRS? Because it really is nothing more than a game. And once you get into it, you're going to find it just as exciting of a game because you'll find new ways of doing new things that could be tailored to your particular business that you didn't know was available. Every year there are new deductions created for specific businesses. I mean, you're probably aware that that President Obama had signed into rules and regulation and pushed very heavily for, you know, the green approach, energy approaches for people who are creating energy things and great tax deductions for having that. All right? And they do that every year. There are certain things that just have great tax deductions associated attached to them. But if you take the time just to learn the basics It will amaze you because most people, when they have their their W-2 job, they have basically three deductions, okay? They get to deduct their education, their kids, and their home, and that's it. Small businesses start out reporting things on what's called a Schedule C, 
which is part of your 1040 return. And you start with 157 deductions. And when you expand that into corporations and partnerships and things like that, it becomes thousands of, of possible deductions. It's just a matter of learning what they are and making sure that you're prepared for it. So when I talk to people who are just getting started into this world of, of entrepreneurship, I make sure I understand that the 1040A and the 1040EZ was one of the greatest blessings that the IRS ever created because people will say, I'm going to choose easy. And they report the greatest amount and they have the greatest amount of taxes that's taken from them. Whereas those who have a small business who educate themselves and who document, which is another key ingredient in playing this game, what their income and allowable deductions are, you're going to be amazed. You're going to be shocked. Most people start out with their small businesses, and I can show them right off the bat how they're going to save $10,000 in taxes with the same amount of income being at home running a business versus working for a company. Ten grand. That's better than a part-time job. Because at a part-time job, you have to pay taxes on that too. And it's only a matter of learning how to play the game. So part of the job that Peter and I have taken on is to teach you how to play the game. And as you pay attention to this, you're going to realize, just like any other game, it can be fun. It really can be fun. It's interesting to me when I, when I work with clients and they call me back and they say, wow, I didn't know this. So every time they go to Walmart or some other place they're shopping, they realize, oh, I should buy this and buy this and buy this because I need it for the business. Oh, all of a sudden that mileage is deductible. How about that? Lots of different things that can be done, that can be done. All you have to do is be aware. So, Bob, Peter, gonna, are you there? I'm, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm just going to imagine that maybe, say, for instance, I've learned these lessons already, but maybe there's a new person on the phone, and they need, like, a, a real simple explanation of the benefits and advantages of running your own business. And whether it's part-time or full-time, many times you have a lot of the advantages when you're a W-2 earner, meaning like your company uh, sends you, uh, you know, you, you have your 500 bucks for the week or $5,000 for the week, and they take out the taxes that are left behind, most of us arbitrarily just figure those calculations are there, the government's put them in place, and if you made 500 bucks for the week, um, maybe you only bring home $350 and you did your duty and you paid your taxes, and that's how roads are built and bridges are built and things are funded and all those things. And you paid the taxes on the $500, if the $500 is the analogy. Well, the minute you decide that you want to be in a home-based business and you do things the right way, and this is the rest of the story that Bob's going to share with you, well, say, Bob, say, for instance, you spend $100 of your dollars trying to build a business that eventually turned to be profitable. Like you said, you use that gas to get to Walmart, you bought that paper to be able to send different things. You use some postage and stuff like that. Now you're no longer taxed on the $500. You taxed on the $400. And that could make a very big difference. And I think that's like economy 101 relative to the way a lot of people really don't understand how this stuff works. I was trying to – tell me how wrong I might be relative to that example – but when I was speaking to one of my sons, and I was like, you have to get into learning how to become successful building your own home-based business, because not only for the reasons that I just showed, and the maturing and the education and the just becoming smarter, and if you're an entrepreneur and you're a performer and you're working real hard, it just makes sense because you'll be able to make more money, but realistically start to think it through. If you can increase the legitimate deductions and keep more of the money and reinvest it back into things, you're doing wonderful things for yourself and your family, and the government, and the economy, and that's the way this whole thing works if it's done the right way. So sometimes we can get through really complex examples, but just that simple example, what would you rather be taxed on, the $500 portion of your check or the $350 portion of your check? So how wrong am I with my little explanation there? Or can you clean it up however you might? There's no reason to clean it. It was perfect. What's interesting is most people, when they take a look, okay, I've decided I'm going to open this, crack this little door of possibilities. 
and they start looking at a business that they want to get involved with. Now, one of the things I always tell somebody, you need to do a business that you're passionate about. There's nothing worse than having a client that comes in and says, well, I decided to do this business this year. Why? Well, because my, uh, great tax deductions associated to it. Do you love it? Well, no. Then how long are you going to keep doing it? Well, I don't know. And usually what happens, they lose their passion. I'm, I'm going back to the very start of this program. You've got to take a look at what's going to give you fulfillment in life. So when you find something that you love, you're going to find that spending $100 of that $500 paycheck to do something that you're passionate about isn't scary. It's delightful. It has a whole different perspective because your belief about it has changed. Now, something else, too, that Peter hasn't touched on yet, and I know he wants to, but I'm going to, I'm going to beam to the punch on this one. Those of you who have received your paychecks for this month have probably seen that it's different. And the reason the difference is there is that 2% that got added in for payroll taxes, which is all part of the new Obamacare that's being initiated and carried forward. Something else you're going to be aware of, too. When you go to Walmart or someplace else and you buy any additional medical equipment, there's now an excise tax on that for 3%. So when you see your sales tax ring up on the register, don't be surprised to see something else that has 3% more. Now, these are all little taxes that come into play when you're playing this game. Now, if I was receiving $500 and I was going to subject the whole thing to payroll taxes and I was having to give up X number percentage of my money for that, wouldn't it be much more funner, I use the word funner, to receive that $500 and say, well, from this $500, which I got, I got to take this out and this out and this out and this out, but I don't have to pay taxes on. Did I get a benefit from it? Yeah, I still went to Walmart. I can take the mileage off. Did I buy the paper that I needed? Yeah, I need that paper, but it helped my propagate my business, which is my passion, and I love. And in doing that, what else could I get to deduct? Well, how about business use of the home? Well, if you have an office set up in your house and you start taking off electricity, utilities, insurance, mortgage interest, maintenance, how about the yard work? Take a percentage of that too. If you can write that off, and reduce your taxes, why wouldn't you? And how about paying your children? What about having your children learn, and you can pay them for doing specific jobs, and it's not taxable to them, and 100% right off to you? How the heck do you beat that? And one more little item. If you have these, these medical expenses that you're seeing that are popping up on this stuff, instead of saying, oh my God, there it goes... What if you smile and say, hey, I just got to write that off on my taxes at 100% because I have a home-based business. It you know, changes the world. Go it ahead. sure does. I remember when I was a young man, I didn't understand about taxes, but I saw the negative ramification of it from an uncle of mine who was a truck driver. So he was a truck driver, and he was a good man, loved my uncle, and he would explain to me on how he wouldn't take an extra job because the amount of money extra that he made, he was good at math. He would just kind of take a look at the amount of extra money that he made and then figured out the additional taxes because it would kind of bump him into a different bracket and the government was going to take this much of it anyway. And I remember him saying, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm actually working for less hourly when I'm taking that extra work and that extra job because it's bumping me up, and taxes actually uh, worked in a negative situation for him. Now, the only reason why I mentioned this as an example is because you might be thinking about driving, and you said something about mileage deductions, and I bet you most people on this phone don't know what the mileage deduction is per mile as far as the money that they would save if they went to Walmart, and sure, you can buy your milk there too, but if you're buying the extra paper or the other stuff that you're doing or if you're running to the post office on your way to Walmart and you're doing those other things too, or if you're dropping off a sample of some way, most people really don't understand the mileage deduction is probably one of the most significant things that you could take advantage of. And, Bob, I don't, I, I, I'm going to plead the fifth. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is this year. It's 55 cents a mile. 
fifty-five cents a mile. Fifty-five cents a mile. Now it doesn't matter what kind of mileage your car gets. It can be good mileage. It can be awful mileage. Okay. It doesn't matter if you're making payments or renting it or whatever. It's fifty-five cents a mile. Now what's really awesome about that is. In addition to the 55 cents, now the 55 cents covers your insurance and your and your cost for buying the car and your maintenance for it. But good grief, at 55 cents a mile, that's a major write-off. But something most people don't realize is that the interest that you pay on your car payment can be included as a deduction also. So let's put this in real practical experiences. And I know we sometimes want to dwell on the positive, but I'm going to hammer the negative really hard home here. You ready? Imagine if you are not in a business right now and you're a W-2 employee, and I just tell you, do me a favor. Since you don't want to be in a home-based business or you don't want to do any of this stuff, can you do me a favor? Before you go somewhere that you could have written off legitimately as a mileage expense, we're going to say Bob said it was 55 cents a mile. Let's reduce it to 50 cents a mile only for the simple math. Can you throw a dollar out the window every two miles? Like, make sure you bring enough dollars with you. So you can just say, well, I could have made this a business trip, but instead I didn't. And I, instead of me going to the post office or visiting that friend and talking about a business and doing all those things, Bob, I'll just load up the car wallet with a couple of dollars and I'll throw it out the window. Every two, every two, I'll just take a dollar bill and kind of throw it out the window. I don't know about you, Bob, but I just want to know where these people live that are, have to do this right now that don't want to be in deductions because we could probably make a couple of bucks by following them, right? On their way to wherever they're going, perhaps they're not taking advantage of the legitimate deduction. So, I hate to say it, Bob, but the sense of urgency might even be make a decision to get started in a business or just take a buck every two miles and throw it out the window. Take a dollar <laughs> a, bill every A two wonderful miles. comparison, but let me throw one more thought on the table. Does it get worse Is than it? that? No, it, well, it could get worse than that, but let me let me show you something else, too, that I've learned about people. You know, uh, and you, you, you just did a, a call to arms, which is wonderful because that's, that's really what it takes is a call to arms. But one of the things that I've also learned is that we all have a tendency to think and say, that is great. That's absolutely what I'm going to do tomorrow. And tomorrow, when it comes around, then you start out and you wake up in the morning and everything's normal again. And, oh, I was going to do that, but golly sakes, now i got to go get milk, and golly sakes, the kids have got to get to school, and golly sakes, i got to get to work, and, da, 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 da. and pretty soon that all falls in place. One thing I have learned about energy and about the universe and how it feeds us, nothing happens until I make a token effort. Nothing's going to happen. I can sit here and dream and well-wish till the cows come home, but until I'm willing to step up and take that step, through that little crack of a door, and do something, nothing's going to change. It isn't going to happen. I have to be willing to step up and say, yeah, I understand. I can see now I'm throwing that money out the window. I can see now that I'm unfulfilled in the work that I'm doing. I can see now that I could actually be not only learning something new and make this thing a fun thing to do, I see now I could be teaching my children how to be able to embrace and enjoy an aspect of life as a leader, as a confident citizen of this country, or not. Or not. And I can stay stuck. And I can curse every moment when I'm up, getting my clothes on, going to work, doing the same thing, over and over again, walk through the door, hand the check to the wife. Honey, it's not enough money. I know. But I can't do anything about it. Pop your butt down, watch TV, and go nowhere. And if that's the life that you choose, then you'll get the same results. If you're willing to make the token effort, if you can see just a little bit of sunshine in what Peter's been sharing and what I'm sharing with you tonight, just a little bit of sunshine – 
take the next step. Maybe the next step looks like talking to somebody who already has their own home-based business and seeing what are they doing. Could it be a fit for you to do something like that? Could you have just found yourself a mentor? How about if you take a look at moment? Just, just take a second take a look. What are your passions? What do you like? What do you have as a hobby that could possibly become a business? Now, realize there's a clear definition as far as the IRS is concerned, which is which. Okay, and we'll be glad to teach you and show you how to take that. But take something you can be passionate about and make it your life. Because when you do that, you're going to find much greater joy. You'll find your bliss. And it's only available when you pursue the things you know you love. Peter, it's all yours. Makes sense to me. Okay, so the next step is going to be is where do we go to learn about information like this? I know, Bob, you put together a program that um, is a very simple program for all those people that are allergic to spreadsheets, spreadsheets. and all those people that are allergic to different things. I know I've seen programs that can sell for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. You put this something together that is absolutely flat out as simple as it gets for anybody that's interested in learning, plus a ton of support on this as well. And we're going to have you come back many times often. And we'll have this link on the website, um, the dash radio.com but for right now um, in preparation for those guys doing whatever they're doing on the website we put together a little short link for those people that might be interested in where can they go and get Bob's stuff um, as far as the um, software and then the continuing education and if you guys go to it's that bit.ly URL the short one it's bit dot ly forward slash dash taxes so if you were to go to bit.ly, that's one of those shortened, if you will, uh, URLs, so you don't have to spell a whole bunch of words. So bit.ly, it's bit.ly forward slash dash taxes. You're going to come up to Bob's website where you'll be able to click on some things and be able to learn a little bit more about what we're doing specifically, and then also be able to learn a little bit more about his programs. And, Bob, you unbelievably underpriced this. At twenty bucks, like I didn't, I didn't underprice it. My intention, just like yours, is to be on the cutting edge of waking people up. Okay, now I haven't done taxes for thirty some odd years, and I've seen accounting programs from all different sizes, all kinds of things, and uh, I've even written a couple of them. But I've also found that for a small home-based business, there are three. Simple deductions, three, okay? Business use of the home, hiring your kids, and your medical. And those three right there can save you thousands of dollars in just taxes alone. But most people didn't realize how to, how to record that. And so <laughs> just for you, Don, okay, I created a spreadsheet, <laughs> but it doesn't act like a spreadsheet. It acts like a program, and it's all linked together. And when you open that up, it comes to a page that explains what this is, and you can go to each month. There's a, a place to put in your monthly expenses and your income. There's a page that tells you what's deductible, a hundred of different deductibilities, and where to put them. It tells you where to put them. It also has links to IRS websites and some other websites that will teach you what's deductible. I also set that up so that, let's say, for example, you decide to go to Walmart and you need to buy paper. So on this date, today, January 7th, you went to Walmart. So you put into your entry, you have a, a check number, unless you use a credit card or debit card, and went to Walmart. The purpose was to buy paper, and I spent $29. Well, on that same page, there's one that says link to mileage. You click on that, and it goes right to the mileage records. And in there, you put today's date, you put how many miles it was to Walmart, and back, the purpose for the trip. And there's four columns, one's for business, one's for charity, one's for moving, and one's for medical. And at the end of the year, that prints out a wonderful report to get to the tax preparer to say, okay, here are the four different categories of, of travel that I did that are deductible. And he says, thank you. And it makes it easy. And so I, I've set this in play. There's a whole bunch of other things that are in there, and we're not going to take the time to go over them all this time. But the basic core thing is, for 20 bucks, I've given you pretty much 90% 
of what you need to know about taxes and how to record them and make your tax return bulletproof. And all that's in there for $20. My purpose in doing that is because I believe in people moving out of the victimless of life and becoming accountable and enjoying life and enjoying doing something that you're passionate about and enjoying teaching your family the same thing. And not only that, Bob, but you've also extended the opportunity for people to learn more about what it is that you do. And if they choose to, they could send you their previous few years' returns because most people will eventually realize, oh, my gosh, I have made mistakes before in not claiming some of the things I possibly should. Some of you are already in home-based businesses, and some of you have been in home-based businesses for years as you're trying to make these things profitable. And most of the times, Bob, some people have probably left some money on the table. So you know, it, it, It's amazing because in all the years I've been doing this, one of the things that we offer, and you'll find that in the program as well, is what's called a free three-year review. And what we do in that review is you send me your previously filed tax returns, and I, I can look at them, and I can probably tell in 10 seconds if there's things here that were taken that should have been taken or that were taken that shouldn't have been taken, or what kind of a tax strategy did you implement without knowing you implemented it. And 60% to 70% of those tax returns I look at, I'm going to find – an average refund of $2,000 a year that you didn't collect. Now, please understand, I only find... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.